0: Praise the Lord, for Thy great land, That we Thy dwelling place may be Welcome to Life Study of the Bible, brought to you by Living Stream Ministry. These programs are based on the ministry of Witness Lee and his 21-year-long crowning work, The Life Study of the Bible. We'll include excerpts from his spoken ministry, Laws are a part of every aspect of life. We normally think of laws as requirements that are outwardly placed on us, keeping us under an expectation to carry them out. But the Bible presents another kind of law to us, laws that God installs in us, full of the power of His divine life. These laws, the laws of a new covenant, are our focus today on the life study of the Bible with Witness Lee, a program furnished by Living Stream Ministry. Dick, we come today to the New Covenant. Let me ask you, what is the New Covenant? Is it something different from the New Testament?
1: A covenant is an agreement containing some promises to accomplish certain things for the covenanted people. But a testament is a will containing certain accomplished things bequeathed to us the inheritors. Now, the New Covenant and the New Testament In fact, the Greek word for covenant and testament in the New Testament is the same Greek word. They are actually the same. But when the maker of the covenant is living, it's a covenant. But when the maker of the covenant has died, making it an enacted will, then it is a testament, a will. Then we are freely able to receive everything in this will. This is the main difference between the New Covenant and the New Testament. But the, the word in Greek is the same word. But as long as the covenant giver is living, it's a covenant. Once he dies, it becomes a testament, a will, for all the inheritors to be happy recipients.
0: That's what we want to learn and see much of today, how to become happy recipients. Amen. Let's join Witness Lee for this life study from Hebrews
2: The New Covenant. When I was a young Sikh person, I got to know the term New Covenant. But I was always questioning, what is the New Covenant? God has an internal purpose. Wait, His divine intention. Just... To dispense himself. Or to work himself into us. That we may have him as our life. And as our everything. So eventually, he and we, we and he, are mingled together. He is God, but he became man. And we are men, but we have God's life and nature. When we become this kind of person, we are His expression in the whole universe. Well, this is God's eternal purpose in a very short and brief definition. Before God has accomplished this purpose, Satan was there. And Satan caused the fall of man. So both the angelic creature and the human creature, both got fallen. So, God came in to do what? Number one, to solve all the problems concerning sin. This number one thing on the negative side. Number two, He has to put Himself into us as our life. And this life has to be developed into the regulating laws imparted into every inward part Of our being. He had to do this and he did it. He put himself into our spirit as our life. And from our spirit, he has developed this divine life into laws imparted into all our inward parts. Number three, he has to be God to us according to this life law. According to this law of life. He is our God. He becomes our God. He has to be our God according to this life law. And we have to be His people according to this life law. Number four. When this life comes into us and will be developed into laws, imparted into all our beings, I tell you, with this life plus this law, there is... An inner ability, automatic ability, spontaneous ability, that we know him. We know him in a way of life. We know him not by knowledge. We know him not by being taught. We know him by the inward ability of life. For him to still accomplish his eternal purpose, he has to do this for things.
0: Well, Dick, we have talked repeatedly on this broadcast about God's eternal purpose being his desire to dispense or impart his divine life into us. Here today we've heard that in the New Covenant... God has developed this divine life into laws and imparted them into our inward parts. Dick, what are these laws imparted into us?
1: This is a very good question also. Within every life, Chris, there is a law. And I like the fact that uh, with the dog life, you have the barking law. Uh, with the cat life, you have the mouse-catching law. With a peach-tree life, you have the peach-producing life. In other words, there's no need to just hope that peaches will come out. The law, that is the automatic, spontaneous functioning uh, of the life within, is going to produce peaches. Uh, and then, concerning the divine life, we have the God-expressing law. Uh, so God, in his economy, in Christ, who became a life-giving spirit, has dispensed himself into our spirit as life. And with this life is the law of life. Romans 8.2 says, The law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus has freed me. What is this law? This is not an outward condemning regulating law but this is God himself as life within us functioning within us in an automatic spontaneous way to regulate us from within and to produce over a period of time through his life a reproduction of himself in life in nature in appearance and expression because God's desire and his eternal purpose is to dispense himself into us as life to the point that he and we, we and he are the same, thereby he can be expressed through us, his people. And since he's come into us as life, the law within that life is a God-expressing law. We just need to enjoy this life and allow this law to operate. And as this life spreads from our spirit, this life spreads into the inward parts of our being. Uh, Hebrews 8.10 says, For this is the covenant that I will covenant with the house of Israel after those days, says the Lord. I will impart my laws into their mind, and on their hearts I will inscribe them. This indicates that he comes into us as life, with himself as the law of life, but as he spreads that one law, getting into the various inward parts becomes many laws. For example, the law of life entering into our mind eventually causes our mind, by the function of that law, to be the mind of Christ. Philippians 2.5 says, Let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus. So, this is the life coming into us with the law of life and spreading into our many inward parts to become the many laws, so that we can become his reproduction in life for his expression.
0: So, Dick, the imparting of the law or these laws in this context cannot be separated from the imparting of the divine life.
1: That's right. Absolutely connected and interrelated. The life and the law go together.
0: So it's not just a matter of God imparting into us what he wants to do, what he wants us to accomplish. That's not the concept
1: here. No, it's imparting himself as life. And his whole being is in us. By
2: his being,
1: his life, we know what he wants.
0: Let's go back to more of our life study today. Here's Witness Lee.
2: A covenant is a biblical term using our daily language. It's just... A contract, an agreement. God firstly gave us the promise by ordinary word. Then he confirmed his promise by oath. So the promise becomes what? A contract, a signed contract, a covenant. No more just a promise, but a covenant, a contract, an agreement signed by his divine being. Because when he made the oath, he made it by himself, by his divine being. And his divine being, in a sense, was the seal he put on his contract with us. And the content of this contract is just he assures us he will do our way our sins. He will put himself into our spirit as our life, and this life will be developed into love, into our inward parts And he will be God to us, and we will be his people all together according to this life-love. And we will have the spontaneous ability to know Him. Amen. These four things are the contents of the divine agreement Amen. signed by God's divine being. Amen. This is the new covenant. Why it is the new covenant? Because before the new covenant was enacted, was consummated. God made an old one. Why? Because all these things are too mysterious and rather too abstract. If God right way made such a new covenant, the people would not be impressed. The people would not be able to understand. Just like in the kindergarten, before you teach the kids certain word, you firstly give them to see a picture. Before you give them D-O-G, dog, you give them a little picture with a little animal, four legs, one tail, and one head. <laughs> then you tell the kids, this is a dog. Then you point them to DOG. Firstly, you have a picture, then you have the clear word. The old covenant was a picture. Was a picture. All the four items were there. In the old covenant. But they're just in the way of shadows. They were not the real thing. Just the shadows of the real thing. So now, in the new covenant, we have the real thing to replace the shadows.
0: Dick, to a small child, you show a picture. Later, once the child understands the picture, you get him the real thing. This was what God intended when he gave his people the Old Covenant. It doesn't make much sense for us, then, to go back just to be satisfied with the picture, does it?
1: It sure does not, because um, suppose you show a child a picture of a dog, and then you actually bring a real puppy into your house. I know I have two grandchildren. If I show them a picture of a golden retriever, it's one thing, but... If I bring a golden retriever puppy to the house, look out. <laughs> when they got the real thing, they don't want the picture anymore. So the old covenant is just a picture. The new covenant, the new testament is the reality. And with the reality is where we are really satisfied. Uh, the old covenant is, uh, there's the promise there, there's the oath there, but the covenant giver never came yet. But 2,000 years ago, the covenant giver came. Jesus Christ became flesh. And then 33 years after that, that covenant giver died on the cross to enact everything that's within that covenant, to release this covenant, and to make this covenant a will that could be inherited by all of God's chosen ones and his believers. They could all be happy inheritors. And this covenant includes four things. Mainly, first of all, to take care of our negative problems, the covenant includes his forgiveness of our sins. And isn't it good? He not only forgives us, but it says he even does not remember anymore. What a deal! <laughs> not only to be forgiven, but he doesn't even have a record book of it. That's to take care of the negative side. The other second part is very crucial. He imparts himself into us as life, with the law of life so that this life with this law could spread into the many parts of our being, regulating us from within, and eventually causing us to be just like him in life, nature, appearance, and expression. And by this life within, this Christ within as our life, God is really our God, subjectively. And we are really his people. And not only that, we really get to know the Lord, No longer is he far away, outside of us, just giving us an outward law or an outward covenant. But he's now in us as the reality of the covenant, imparting himself into us, allowing us to really know him, experience him, and enjoy him. This is the reality. Now, what do you want? Do you want the picture, or do you want the real thing? We want the new covenant, the New Testament, where we get Christ with his life imparted into our whole being, to be enjoyed by us, to become his expression. Hallelujah for the new covenant.
0: Dick, I have uh, a couple of golden retrievers in reality that live in my house, and we also have one family portrait where they were a part of. Occasionally I'll stop and admire the dogs in the portrait, but I tell you, every day there's an enjoyment of engaging and playing with these two dogs. Right, you can't play with that picture. Dick, let's go back to more
2: of Now you can see you have the old covenant and the new covenant. But you must keep in mind what is a promise, what is an oath, what is a covenant. A promise, listen to this, is just the ordinary word spoken by God, promising you that he will do something to you. This is a promise. An oath is the confirmation of the ordinary word. The ordinary word confirmed by his oath. This is an oath. When the ordinary promise confirmed by an oath, right away it becomes a covenant. Now, what we have received is not just an ordinary word as a promise, but a contract, a covenant signed by God's oath, which God defined being. Now, we have a covenant, and the covenant always binds people more than a promise. And in this binding contract, in this binding covenant, there are four things. All these four things are no more things promised, but things accomplished. Can you follow me? These four things are no more promised matters, but accomplished facts. And all these facts are clearly atomized in the covenant. And the one who made the covenant died. So the covenant eventually became a bequeathed whale. That is the testament. And in this bequeathed testament, four accomplished things all become for bequest. could you follow me? Now we don't need to wait for the accomplishment. and we don't need to pray God, you have to remember your promise. You have to be faithful, you have to keep your word, You don't need to pray this way. Why? Because every matter has been accomplished. Every matter has become a fact. And every fact has been bequeathed to you. It is now not only a fact, but a bequest. Not only a promise, not only a fact, but a bequest. You just inherit, and you participate in, and you enjoy That's all, because all the matters have been accomplished, and all the accomplished facts have been bequeathed to you. Now, you just take and enjoy, hallelujah.
0: Dick, we have a marvelous progression today that once we see, will have a major impact on our Christian life. What began as simple promises from God has become this covenant based on an oath with four accomplished facts. Dick, tell us about this progression.
1: This progression begins with God firstly giving us promises just by ordinary words, just like I promise you something, Chris. But then he confirmed these promises by an oath. And it's like, Signing something. It's like there's an oath involved. There's a further agreement which makes the promises stronger. Then the promises, because of the oath and because of the signature on the contract, which in this case, the contract is signed by God himself. God in his divinity, the divine person, has signed this contract. Then the promises being signed through this oath and fully agreed upon have become a covenant. So when he signed by his divine being, and that is by himself, he makes the promises with the oath into a covenant. These four points in the contract, in the covenant, have now been accomplished and the giver of this covenant has died, thereby making this covenant today a testament which is a will and within a will there are many many bequests and bequests are not something you need to beg for you just need to open up thank the will giver and receive them enjoyably that's why we mentioned at the beginning this broadcast god's desire is that we would be a group of happy inheritors inheriting all that god in christ as the spirit is and all that he's accomplished and obtained and attained, would be ours so that he could fulfill his eternal purpose so isn't it good to be a happy inheritor of the new covenant which has become the new testament with all the bequests our need today is just to take to receive and to enjoy thank you lord for the forgiveness of my sins Thank you, Lord, for imparting yourself into me as life with the law of life, becoming many laws in my inward parts to make me the same as you in life and nature. Thank you, Lord, for being my God and making me with the other believers your people in life. Thank you, Lord, for becoming the one that I know subjectively. I can know you subjectively as my God, no longer outwardly, but inwardly. So aren't you grateful, Chris, for this new covenant, this New Testament? Far superior. And this is the progression from promises to an oath, making it a covenant, and eventually there's the death of the covenant giver, making this a testament, a will, with many bequests. And now God's need is that his people would be happy inheritors, receiving him, constantly enjoying him to fulfill his eternal purpose. No wonder Paul said, always rejoice, unceasingly pray, and everything give thanks. That's a happy inheritor.
0: A happy inheritor, and that is our destiny. We need to become it, not later, not in another age, but even today. Amen, that's right. Marvelous fellowship today. I really enjoyed this life study, Dick. I think we were correct in encouraging our listeners to lay hold of these four accomplished facts, really can have a life-changing impact on our christian life
1: absolutely
0: we will be back again dick join us soon
1: i'm happy to
0: we will return tomorrow with another life study message with witness lee for dick taylor i'm chris wild thank you for listening today and be sure and become a happy inheritor amen Are you enjoying this program online or on a smartphone right now? Did you know there's much more from Living Stream Ministry that you can carry with you? Go to lsm.org/epublications to discover all that we have available for your tablet, e-reader or smartphone. We support Kindle, Nook, iSilo and EPUB formats, which means you can read this ministry on any PC, Mac, Android, Palm, BlackBerry, Sony or Linux device. Everything from the recovery version of the Bible to the complete life study messages and a vast array of other titles by Witness Lee and Watchman Nee are now just a touch away. The Word of God is rich and weighty, but now you can take it with you wherever you go. Again, the website lsm.org slash ePublications. Thanks for listening today.